Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to today's episode on this lovely Friday morning. And if you tune into my Monday episode where I talked about worship, I actually gave you guys a challenge at the very end of the episode where I challenged you guys to take a look at scripture and try to find some passages talking about worship and the biblical form of worship and maybe apply one of those passages to your life. And what's funny is I actually followed through on that challenge myself and I looked through Psalms and I found a Psalm because not all of them are specifically talking about worship, but I felt that Psalms would be the perfect place to go if I wanted to find a biblical idea about worship and maybe apply it to my own life. And I happened to find a verse that said, praise God to all the nations. And I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow through on my challenge from Monday's episode right here today. And I'm going to praise God to all of you guys. And so the way I think I can do that is just by saying how great he has been in my own life. I have so many instances of where God really came through for me when I really needed him. For example, me starting P40 Ministries. When I was at the factory right before COVID hit, I ended up getting a new job at a school. And that school, I hated that job. I was like, oh my gosh, God moved me from one terrible job to another terrible job. And I was kind of upset during all of that. And then a month later, we start hearing all this stuff about COVID and all these shutdowns were going to happen. And the school ended up laying me off. And all of a sudden, I went from having very little time to all the time in the world where I'm at home and I'm twiddling my thumbs trying to find something to do. And I always had this passion to start a ministry. And I had already started it, actually. But back then it was called something totally different. My first ministry was called Out of the Mire, which was based upon the first book that I ever wrote, which is available on Amazon. But I started Out of the Mire actually when I was still at my factory job. And now I had all this time to work on it. And I ended up renaming it P40 after a little while because Out of the Mire just didn't fit for what where I was going with it. And so, yeah, God came through for me because had I not gotten that job at the school, I never would have gotten laid off at the factory. And I would have kept going to work there and I never really would have been able to start my ministry and get such a good head start on it the way I was able to with the help from God, honestly, the way everything panned out. And another way I can say that he really came through for me was when I met my husband. I was 20 years old and I had just turned 20 years old. And my husband is about five years older than me. But there's a tiny little gap where we're only four years apart. And <laughs> and so I actually met my husband on an online dating site. And I got on that dating site when I had just turned 20 years old, like a week after my 20th birthday. And my husband had not quite turned 25 yet. We met each other in that very short window of time where I had set my highest age limit to somebody who was 24 years old. And my husband had set his lowest age limit to somebody who was 20 years old. <laughs> so it was literally the perfect time for us to meet each other because otherwise, if it had been two months later, my husband and I never would have met. 
And so it's just amazing little things like that where God is just perfectly in his perfect time period laid everything out so beautifully in his time. So everybody who's listening in, I encourage you guys to just continue to wait on God because even though during those times I hated waiting on God, I'm not going to lie. I wanted a boyfriend way sooner. I wanted a husband way sooner. I wanted a different career as soon as I could possibly get one. But everything just worked out so perfectly. And I'm just blessing God to all of you guys. And that is my form of worship today. So let me know how you applied worship to your life this week based upon Monday's episode where we talked about worship. But today we are going to be discussing Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 29 through 32. And this is going to finish up this chapter. And it's not a very long portion of scripture, but I think there's a lot of content in it and we're going to be able to take away a lot. So once again, that's Deuteronomy 12 verses 29 through 32. I'll be reading on the W.E.B. version of the Bible. When Yahweh your God cuts off the nations from before you, where you go in to dispossess them and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, be careful that you are not ensnared to follow after them after they are destroyed from before you and that you not inquire after their gods saying, how did these nations serve their gods? I will do likewise. You shall not do so to Yahweh your God for every abomination to Yahweh, which he hates they have done to their gods, for they even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Whatever thing I command you, that you shall observe to do. You shall not add to it, nor take away from it. I think the biggest theme here that I guess us modern day Christians can take away from this is that we should not be in any capacity following after what non-Christians do for the most part. We should not be integrating worldly concepts into our churches. Because this has been a problem throughout the ages because God talks to the Israelites about this. He says in verse 30, be careful that you are not ensnared to follow after they who are destroyed from before you, that you not inquire after their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods? I will do likewise. So all this stuff where we're seeing where churches nowadays are basically integrating like the social, like virtue signaling culture into their churches. I personally think that that is quite wrong because we are supposed to be looking to scripture 100% when we build our churches. We are not supposed to be looking at what the world does and, and integrating that stuff into our culture. Because if the church is no different than the, the culture that is around the world, why would anybody want to go to church? They could just go out in the streets and find the same thing there. There is no need at that point for people to go to church. So keeping our churches separated from all that, keeping our churches holy and different from what people can find anywhere is extremely, extremely important. And I mean, the, the scriptures talk about that so clearly in so many capacities about how we're supposed to be watching out for our churches. We're supposed to worship God and God only in our services. We're not supposed to be worshiping political figures or people or whatever else is the climate of our culture right now. We're supposed to be focusing specifically in on scripture and on the Bible. And anything that is contrary to the Bible should not be integrated into our churches. And I think the one thing here in America that churches often integrate that is extremely anti-biblical is 
the worship of identity and of self, because it's not about ourselves. It's about God and his sacrifice that he made for sinful human beings like us. So me worship should not be a part of our services at all. And I'm beginning to feel more and more strongly about this, especially since I am quite involved in worship in my own church. And I see so many just terrible songs. I I know I've talked to you guys about this so many times. I'm probably beating a dead horse if you listen to my podcast episodes often. But there's just so many not theologically sound songs that we sometimes integrate in that we think are just so, so good. And one of them for an example that I just really, really don't like. And I think (laughs) I might get in trouble for saying this. I do not like the song Another in the Fire by Hillsong. I think that that song is extremely not theologically sound. And the reason being is because it never actually says in the book of Daniel that the person who was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was Jesus. It never says that. And if you read the portion of scripture of Daniel, where it talks about that story, it never says it. A lot of people assume that it's Jesus because of what King Nebuchadnezzar says, where he says, it looks like the son of the gods. But if you even look at that, he says a son of the gods with a little G. He doesn't say the son of God. So to me, it could very well be that an angel was there in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, though I don't actually know. But when we begin to sing songs like Another in the Fire, and we're glorifying potentially an angel, that could be troublesome because we're not supposed to worship angels like in any capacity. And so that is kind of my viewpoint on that song. And there's a few other songs that I have seen over the years that to me, I just don't think are very theologically sound. Either they're worshiping self or they're talking a lot about self and focusing less on God. Now, of course, God does do a lot for us. He does so much for us and we can rejoice in that. We can be thankful for that. We can sing songs in adoration of everything that God has done for us. But when that's the majority of our worship services and there's less praise going on to God, I think that is starting to go down a slippery slope of beginning to worship just human beings rather than God. So there needs to be a balance, I think, of both. Recognizing how much God loves us and how we have been blessed through him, but also recognizing that we're sinners and that Jesus didn't need to give that sacrifice of himself to us and that he is God. And so we need to also be focusing in on that and worshiping him as God. And I think another way the church often integrates unhealthy cultural ideas into the church is through the prosperity gospel. Once again, I've gone into this multiple times. The prosperity gospel to me is just so dangerous because yes, God does bless us on earth. I do believe that. But that blessing that he ultimately gave us on earth was once again, the sacrifice of Jesus. Our church is kind of lacking in humbleness right now because pride is just such a big thing. Pride in one's accomplishments, pride in oneself. And so there needs to be less pride and more Jesus, less me, more God. And I mean, that's what uh, John the Baptist says. If you're following along with my New Testament episodes, you'll know that we're going through John the Baptist's life 
a little bit right now. And one thing that he says to the Pharisees, he says, there needs to be less of me and more of the Messiah. I think that's just so beautiful and how Christians should be living their lives for God. But God here in Deuteronomy talks about how his people, when they go into the promised land and dispossess the nations that were in there, they shouldn't be inquiring as to what those nations did. Because God specifically tells his people, you're going to go into the promised land and you're going to dispossess them because they were wicked. They were sinful and they are not going to live in this land anymore. I'm giving it now to you. So why are you inquiring after what they're doing when I wasn't pleased with them from the beginning? I'm telling you what pleases me. I'm giving you my law. And that is what pleases me. So here's what it says. Don't inquire after their gods saying, how do these nations serve their gods? I'll do likewise. You shall not do so to Yahweh your God. This is verse 31. For every abomination to Yahweh, which he hates, they have done to their gods. Then it goes on to say in verse 32, whatever thing I command you, that you shall observe to do, because that is the way God called his people to live. Not what these other nations were doing, because these other nations were doing the wrong things. God didn't like those things. So it's the same thing for us today. God is very, very clear in scripture about what he loves his people to do. So why are the churches doing the opposite of what God tells us is the correct thing to do? Our churches need to look at verse 32 again. Whatever thing I command you, that you shall observe to do. You shall not add to it, nor take away from it. And there's another thing right there. You shall not add to it. Non-Christians have a big problem with Christians who add to God's word. I think that's the main reason why a lot of people don't want to go to the churches, because there's a lot of legalism added in. There's a lot of like crazy rules that Christians like to add in. And it's not that complicated. Like, I don't know what it is about Christians, but they just want to complicate everything that God does. We all do. It's, it's human nature. We want to just complicate everything. But God commands us not to do that. He says, don't add to my words. And then there's a verse in Revelation that talks about that very thing. It says that anybody who adds to these words, God is going to add punishments to them. And same for those who take away God's words and say like, no, God never said that. God didn't mean it that way or twist what God is trying to say. God doesn't like that either. Verse 32 also talks about people who take away from God's words. We're not supposed to be adding to God's words and we're not supposed to be taking away from God's words because that's when people start getting confused. That's when non-Christians look at Christians and they're just like, what a bunch of hypocritical people that don't even do what is said here in the Bible. Why would I want to live like them? Why would I want to go to that church? We're supposed to be carrying God's name with honor. That is one of the Ten Commandments. Carry God's name with honor. One way to carry God's name with honor is by not adding to God's word and not taking away from God's word. This is why I honestly, I, I get really scared to do podcast episodes sometimes because I don't ever want to be the person that adds or takes away from what God is saying. And I encourage you guys to read the scriptures yourself all the time. And don't just take my words for it because I make mistakes. I'm a human being. So I encourage you guys to study it yourselves. And I'm thankful. I'm so thankful to have a husband who is theologically sound, 
who catches me in my flaws. And I'm thankful to have a sister who is theologically sound who challenges me. And I'm so thankful to have a mom who is theologically sound who also bluntly tells me when I'm wrong. I love it. I think it's great. It's not a bad thing. I'm thankful for that. And so, yeah, I mean, as Christians, we need to be very carefully carrying God's name and what God says, his word with honor. Now, the last thing I want to talk about here is the abomination that God hated, which was Moloch in verse 31. He says that the nations around Israel that God was going to dispossess used to worship this thing called Moloch. And Moloch was this big metal giant God thing where its hands would be extended out and cupped and it would be heated. It was brass, the entire thing. It would be heated and the baby, a young infant baby, would be placed in the hands and burned to death. This is what God is talking about here. For they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. God does not like that. God does not like parents killing their children. And I'm sorry to offend anybody. It's just he does not like that. And I think you guys know where I'm going with this. A child in the womb, I believe, is just as important as a child outside of the womb. They're both children. Just one has not been born yet. So why is it okay to kill a child that is developing in the womb? To me, that makes no sense. And there's no passages in scripture about abortion being a good thing. And the one that people always like to go to for that is the one out of Numbers. And we talked about that verse a long time ago when we were in the book of Numbers about the woman who would drink the, the liquid to see whether or not she was cheating. And if she was cheating, her belly would swell up and she would get sick. And people are always like, that means abortion. No, never. It never talked about abortion. Like at any point in time, that's where people are twisting scripture. That's where people are adding to scripture. That passage of scripture had literally nothing to do with abortion. But it did say that that woman would not be able to have children anymore. It never talked about aborting a baby, though. So that's the type of thing where people need to be very, very careful how they present God's word. Because if some Christian is going around saying it's okay for abortion because of this passage in Numbers that's talking about something totally different, but this is actually talking about abortion, that could lead a lot of people astray. There is no passages in scripture about abortion. In fact, anytime we see babies being burned, God is unhappy about this. Anytime we see parents killing their their infants, which unfortunately is a lot of passages about that. It's never presented in a good light. So I do think that we need to be very, very careful about how we look at God's word and not looking at it through the eyes of what we want it to be. Like if we have a specific belief about something that's not related to scripture and we're trying to find something that like fits into that narrative that we have, that is dangerous. We got to get rid of all those narratives and instead look at scripture completely for what it is and allow our narratives to be born based upon what scripture tells us to do. I know this was a little bit of a hot button, harsher topic today, but I'm getting heated. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I I get (laughs) fired up about certain topics sometimes, especially when I see how much 
Christians are are twisting the truth. I just don't like that. And I think it's carrying God's name very badly. So we need to be very careful. And that's why I challenge you guys with episodes like this that might be outside of your comfort zone, because maybe you have a different opinion about abortion or about the church or about worship music or about another in the fire even. And I'm not saying that you have to have necessarily the same exact opinion as me, but I do think that you need to evaluate basically everything with scripture. And that is my challenge to you guys, though it's a very uh, long and in-depth challenge that will take many, 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 many years, probably your whole life. But (laughs) friends and faithful listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I do hope that you enjoyed it, even though it was a harsher topic. And if you did like it, feel free to share it on your social media platforms. Friends and faithful listeners, I hope that you go to the bio of this podcast episode and check out all the links that I have under there. Check out the link to go to the website and also check out the links for my books and for the shop. If you want to get your P40 Ministries t-shirt, you'll find a link for that in the bio of the podcast episode. Friends and faithful listeners, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you on Monday. I'll be having a guest on the podcast and that'll be a great episode. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,